What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Friday, March 20th. Here's what you missed while you were trapped in the house, busy doing 102 other things. Okay, let's get this pandemic stuff out of the way. So in the U.S., the Trump administration has moved tax day. Previously, on April 15th, your returns had to be in and your bills had to be paid. That will now occur on July 15th. So we get an extra 90 days to dodge our accountants. New York State followed California, kind of. Yesterday, California Governor Gavin Newsom declared a shelter-at-home policy for the whole state. And today, Governor Andrew Cuomo ordered all non-essential workers to stay home. Just about everyone, although he won't commit to calling a shelter in place just yet. He did call out people still gathering together, hanging out on public benches and still playing basketball. A mistake, which is true. New York State now leads in case numbers, possibly due to more extensive testing than other states, though. He has pledged to enforce this new rule by, quote, a civil fine and mandatory closure for any business that is not in compliance. The Canadian border was closed earlier this week and now. Now, the Mexican one is also starting Saturday. Trade and essential health travel can still go through them. Walmart is a place that's considered essential. And so they're actually looking to hire an additional 150,000 employees to temporarily work at the company's stores, clubs, and distribution center. They also announced plans to pay $500 million in bonuses to current employees. That works out to about $300 for full-timers and $150 for part-timers. Their application process is also dropping to only one day. And with the stimulus bill still being debated in Congress, one of the concerns of Americans is what will companies actually do when they get the money? In the last go-round, a good chunk of major enterprise used those funds to repurchase their own stock, driving their value up, supply-demand. But now, we're seeing the American public and even Joe Biden himself call on CEOs to commit against those stock buybacks and use the funds for the American worker. Speaking of stocks, the latest goss at the Hill revolves around a couple of senators that have been accused of using their inside knowledge of the outbreak to their advantage and sell, sell, sell. Yeah, so Senator Burr from North Kakalaka sold between $580,000 to $1.5 million worth of stocks, mostly in hard-hit industries like hotel and hospitality. He did this just days after writing an op-ed on none other than Fox News telling the public that America was better prepared than ever before to face the outbreak. Listen to what he says in response to the allegations. I relied solely on public news reports to guide my decision regarding the sale of stocks on February 13th. Specifically, I closely followed CNBC's daily health and science reporting out of its Asia bureaus at the time, understanding the assumption many could make in hindsight. Hindsight, however, I spoke this morning with the chairman of the Senate Ethics Committee and asked him to open a complete review of the matter with full transparency. Yeah, this dude is the Senate Intel chairman, so he's been receiving daily updates from intelligence about the outbreak. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the advice of Jim Cramer that got him to make the move. Even Tucker Friggin Carlson, who has somehow been released from his bootleg contract and has acted rationally lately, well, even he called on Burr's resignation. The others accused in this mess are James Inhofe from Oklahoma, Kelly Loeffler from Georgia, and Dianne Feinstein, the only Democrat in the group, from California. And they wonder why we don't often trust our federal representatives. How do I do a shaking my head emoji on a podcast? 
Okay, there's a ton of kids at home now that all the schools are closed and parents are trying to figure out just what the heck to do with them, especially since most parents are also stuck working from home as well. Well, a lot of them have started sticking their kids in front of a computer and doing online training. But now, because administrators can't guarantee access, schools are starting to call these online classes enrichment versus curriculum. Quote, it's an equity issue. If you can't guarantee all your students have online access, then nothing's graded. Our goal is to keep the students from going into a summer slide. That was from Tim Robinson, spokesman in Seattle Public Schools in Washington, which closed schools and plans to broadcast not-for-grade educational activities online and by TV. The U.S. Department of Education recently sent out information to remind educators that schools moving to online learning must comply with civil rights laws, including making sure that such tools are available to students with disabilities. Some teacher unions have decried school districts rolling out online plans not accessible to all. On the completely other side of the spectrum, though, is this New York Times article from Dr. Jenny Weiner, an associate professor of educational leadership. She recently wrote an op-ed titled, I Refuse to Run a Coronavirus Homeschool. In it, she says, quote, judge me all you want. Out of respect for their amazing teachers, I'm making a good faith effort to get my kids to do the work that's been sent home, but that doesn't come anywhere close to filling what would have been a school day. After accomplishing the bare minimum, the agenda is to survive and watch too much TV. We're eating cookies and carbs and hoping for the best. We're loving one another and trying not to go insane. That's definitely one approach. Those kids will undoubtedly remember the viral break of 2020. I don't have kids, but I can imagine the back and forth of this decision. Thoughts? For or against? Shoot me a message on Twitter. I'd love to hear your feedback on this. If you'll recall, Mayor Michael Bloomberg entered the Democratic race for president back in late November, started campaigning in December, and flooded the airwaves, your mailboxes, your Instagram feeds, and anything else his team could get an ad buy-in with his shot at being the nominee. Pinning all his hopes on Super Tuesday, that came and went. And $500 million later, he failed to win a single state, taking only the three delegates from American Samoa that had like 300 people in total vote. By the way, if you saw a meme or a Facebook post talking about how he could have taken those $500 million and given every American a million dollars and had money left over, um, let me introduce you to a calculator. You would have gotten like a dollar fifty. Anyways, so when he lost, he committed to continue the fight for Joe Biden and the eventual nominee. He pledged his monies, his staff, the whole shebang. He was going to start a pack and continue flooding the streets. Seems like he changed his mind somewhat. Now he canceled plans for the pack and is instead donating 18 million to the DNC. They said, quote, while we considered creating our own independent entity to support the nominee and hold the president accountable, this race is too important to have many competing groups with good intentions, but that are not coordinated and united in strategy and execution. The dynamics of the race have also fundamentally changed, and it's critically important that we all do everything we can to support our eventual nominee and scale the Democratic Party's general election efforts. We therefore believe the best thing we can all do over the next eight months is to help the group that matters most in this fight, the Democratic National Committee. I mean, it's cool, but I was hoping that team that got all the cool memes and Twitter jokes was going to keep up the fight. They're supposedly the best and had the best data. I mean, he technically can continue to make unlimited transfers to the DNC under federal law, so this could just be the beginning. I guess we'll have to wait it out. 
may have seen his videos previously on YouTube, especially around Christmas time. Mark Rober is a former engineer whose experience includes NASA, where he worked on parts for the Mars rover, and most recently at Apple, where he worked in the special projects division. During the Christmas season, he's gotten a lot of notoriety for posting his prank videos on unsuspecting porch thieves. You know, the low lives that go around stealing Amazon packages from your front door. Well, he created a box that when stolen and opened up, it sprays you with glitter, shoots off a fart spray and pretends to call the cops all while being filmed. They're seriously hilarious. If you haven't caught them yet, you should. Anyways, he recently posted a video talking about the spread of germs and how quickly they can spread, especially among children. He went to visit an elementary school and ran an experiment with them. I highly recommend checking out in the links below as it was very eye-opening to just how little goes a very long way. You can go ahead and just subscribe to that channel because the videos are awesome. Okay, this is some exciting breaking news. Wait, can I break the news? Anyways, it's now being rumored that in the next season of Mandalorian, we're going to get to see a live action character version of Ahsoka Tano. Quoting Barstool Sports, if you're unaware, Ahsoka Tano is a character created by George Lucas to serve as Anakin Skywalker's Padawan in the Clone Wars animated series. After getting off to a bit of a rough start in the eyes and hearts of fans, I think it's fair to say at this point, Ahsoka is one of the most beloved characters in the history of Star Wars. Seriously, Ahsoka more or less turned into the main character of the Clone Wars, had the best character arcs throughout, and even got to tie up a ton of her loose ends in a follow-up animated series star wars rebels before her very small role in the rise of skywalker where she speaks to ray along with the rest of the jedi okay that's cool what's the breaking news then well the person tapped to play this role rosario dawson yes Ahsoka was much younger in the animated series as those took place long before the events of the first Death Star even. But as an adult, a more mature version, Rosario would be perfect, if true. Although, as it says in the article, I wouldn't even put it past John Favs and Dave Filoni to leak this on purpose in these dire times, just knowing it'll lift the spirits of folks across the galaxy. Well, my beautiful people, that's your top five news stories of the day. So Disney stepped up to the plate today. I recommended you guys all watch Onward just a couple weeks ago, and it only entered the movie theater like three weeks ago. That was before they closed all of them, and we started to social distance ourselves. So now it looks like in the middle of all this shit, they're hooking it up and making Onward available on digital platforms starting today. And it'll be on Disney Plus on April 3rd. That's one of the fastest turnarounds to digital. By the way, Trolls World Tour, The Invisible Man, Birds of Prey, and Emma, they're all coming out on digital too. Pretty cool. I wonder if they'll start doing this more often after this sequestration is over. At least it'll somewhat help parents out with something new to watch with their kids. And of course, today is May 20th, so I want to give a huge happy birthday to my dad, Jose Malave. Thanks for everything you've taught me, Poppy, especially how to effectively blab into a microphone. Well, as always, remember to stay clean and healthy, focused, proud, and dedicated. I got you with the news. <laughs>